Hey guys, welcome to Word Books with Friends. Today we're going to be talking about Chapter 4 from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, The Keeper of Keys. I'm Chris. And I'm Paul. And if you've been reading along with us, you'll know we're finally getting into the nitty-gritty of Harry in that wizarding world because they're at their island cabin. It's Harry's birthday officially now. Uh, and Hagrid shows up to hand-deliver him that letter. Vernon Dursley be damned. Yeah, it's a uh, it's Vernon both trying to stand up for himself, but also cowering yeah. away constantly. Which I will say, I don't have the actor's name handy, uh, but in the movie, the guy playing Vernon does a great job of like you know like balling up his fists and like brustling his mustache and like standing up to him and then just like shrinking back away like. I think the movie does a great job of adapting, like, you know, this first handful of chapters because so much of it, like, going back and rereading this, like I said back in chapter one, like, I'm so familiar with this because it's all there on screen. Well, this is about when we looked at it because our Kindle, my Kindle edition, uh, tells me that after this chapter, we're about 19, 20% uh, through the book. And I'm like, Man, we are like five minutes into the movie yeah. <laughs> right now. But again, like so much of that, just like even like recording these episodes, like, you know, a little behind the scenes, like we planned on Word Books with Friends just being like, hey, you know what? We'll get in. We'll talk about a chapter, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And that's really held true for like the first three chapters of this because there's just there's not a lot to talk about. And it's, you know, no fault of the book. Like, it's still an enjoyable read, but this is the first time that I've really paced myself with reading a Harry Potter book because normally it's just sit down and just binge as much of it as I can because I love this world, I love these characters, and you just want to keep going. But kind of pausing between chapters to take notes. Uh, I think I might have been eating lunch the day that I did this too. Like, you know, have a bite my sandwich, you know, read the next chapter take notes, return some text messages. Oh, got to get another beer. Like pacing it out a little bit more, I, I think is, has done well because normally I would have just probably read the first half of this book within like an hour. Yeah. And I've kind of been handling it that way. I, I go through, I read a good chunk. Like I keep on catching myself because I'm just reading and I'm like, Oh, I've already gone through like three chapters. Hold on. Uh, let me go back and reread those chapters, and this time I'll take notes. So that's that's basically going to be my plan going forward, where I'm going to read a chunk of them and then go back and take notes. So that way I kind of got a feel already of what I'm looking for and what I kind of want to talk about. And it gives me some time to do my detective work. Yeah, this, like, the standard chapter for one of these books so far has only been like 12 to 15 pages. So there's, there's not a lot of ground to cover. Uh, but I think this is probably like Besides chapter one, this is probably like the meatiest chapter that we've had so far. Because a lot of this is Hagrid actually sitting Harry down and talking to him like, no, to to steal a line from the Star Kid Very Potter musical, you're Harry freaking Potter. Like, <laughs> you, you don't know? Like, all right, well, let me tell you about who you are, who your parents were, what happened to them where you're going and all of that is 
news to Harry because nothing was told to him from his aunt and uncle who just basically like kept him in the dark. And they keep on trying to be like, no, I'm going to, don't you dare tell him I forbid it. And man, there's just a lot of good back and forth between Hagrid and uh, Vernon in this. Um, And Hagrid, is not having anything of these Dursleys. He gets very upset with them, very mad at them. Uh, almost constantly throughout this chapter. And, you know, this might be one of the first times that anybody's really yelled at them. For a long time. Because, uh, we've seen Vernon, you know, he's the one yelling on the other, on the phone. Yeah, I don't think he gets many people yelling back. No. So it's, so it's nice to see. Um, yeah, in the, uh, in Hagrid's retelling, we learned that, uh, the attack on Lily and James Potter, and also Harry, happened on Halloween ten years ago. Which is something that I'd never picked up on before. Uh, I didn't get it from the movies, and last time I read the book, I just kind of glanced over it. I don't actually think, you know, didn't actually realize it was kind of a cool, to, you know, not cool to be attacked on Halloween, but a nice kind of spooky thing. And it never really comes up again. I think when... In Deathly Hollows, when Ron, or not sorry, when Harry and Hermione actually go to Godric's Hollow and they see Harry's parents' grave, so I think it does have the date on there. I'm not, a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google it quick and see if there's like a screenshot of it. The thing I'm talking about is because one of the first feasts that they have that they talk about at Green at um, Hogwarts, sorry, um, it was Halloween. You know, with the pumpkins floating and everything. And there's Harry doesn't like, oh, this is the day my parents died. You know, he, there's no, like, re- remorse there. It's just, like, it's just another fact. Fun fact, uh, when we come up to that chapter, though, that's actually when they go to nearly Headless Nick's death day party. Because he was killed on October 31st. Well, we'll get there. But yes. Oh, so, so I did find it. Um, oh, it's really hard to see. It isn't easy, folks. It isn't just going into Google and typing things. Harry having his origin story told to him. And finally getting that that Hogwarts welcome letter, which I absolutely love. Not just because it's written by one of my favorite Harry Potter characters, Minerva McGonagall. Um, sidebar, uh, I know I've mentioned this before over on, you know, Bagnum Board proper, but I named one of my cats Minerva McPonagall because, you know, she's a tabby cat. She's got markings on her. She looks like McGonagall in cat form, and I've always liked that. Um, But also what I really like, and we don't see too much of it in this chapter, but we also get his Hogwarts back-to-school shopping list here, too, which I think is really fun later because I remember going to elementary school or, you know, grammar school, if you call it that, and getting that letter from your teacher. That's like, all right, you know, bring two boxes of tissues. You need a glue stick, box of number two pencils. Uh, And that was always fun going back to school shopping. That fun kind of wore off as I got older and, you know, started going to college too, because it's like, this is just more crap that I have to, lay money out for it, and then I'm going to have to spend how much on a psychology textbook? Um, I imagine it's a lot more exciting to go get a wand in a cauldron. But again, we'll come back to that later. 
I think Harry would be pretty stoked to get his own very own Trevor. I think he'd just be excited to get anything that was his own. I I do really like that Harry has those moments of doubt. He's like, oh, Hagrid's telling him all this stuff, and he's like, I think you got it wrong. I can't be a wizard because, like, dude, I would I wouldn't have let you know Dudley and his pals beat up on me so much. Like, why wouldn't they have turned into? Why couldn't I have turned them into a toad? Like. I think you got the wrong guy, yeah. And you know that's that's a great thing. Uh, well, Harry explains it to him very well. He's like, "Hey, look back at what has what strange things has happened around you, like that you can't explain. Like that was you, man. That's that's all talent. And you know we're going to get you trained up because uh, I, I think Harry suffers a little bit from imposter syndrome, and we'll see it in later in the later chapter." Um, which I think everybody, I know I suffer from it quite a bit when I've, you know, been at work and I'm trying to do something that I'm not quite sure how to do and I'm not sure if I'm actually trained enough or skilled enough to pull it off. And you kind of have to do exactly what Hagrid does. It's just like, hey, think about what you actually have already accomplished. That's what got you here. Like, you're not here out of dumb luck. You know, you're not the wrong person. Just, you know, Take pride in what you've done, making that screen, ba- making that glass vanish, ending up on the roof. It's good work, there, Harry. Good work. <laughs> and there's a note in here where Hagrid does say that Harry's had his book, his name written down in the book since the day he was born. And there's actually a flag because I'm reading the Pottermore version of this book, which lets you know that in one of the highest towers in Hogwarts Castle is a leather-bound book and a quill with ink next to it. And this quill and uh, book were put there by the four founders of Hogwarts. And it's, sorry, let me get to my notes because I close it. It's the quill of acceptance and the book of admittance. And when any young wizard shows any kind of inkling of magic, at whatever age they're at, the quill springs to life and it will write down their name in the book as soon as it happens to let everyone at Hogwarts know that, hey, this person is locked in. They are good to go. Um, and one of the earliest people that it happened with, too, over on Pottermore, you can read a short story about the book itself, uh, is the very moment Neville Longbottom was born, the quill tried to write his name in the book because he magically tried to readjust his blanket but the book snapped shut saying like, no, hey, it's too early for this kid to do it. Um, it wasn't until he was eight years old that his name was finally actually added to it. So it's those little bits of knowledge that it's just kind of fun to get. Yeah, that's a great story. I didn't realize there was an actual, I thought that it was a turn of phrase. I'm like, oh, name has been down. Like, you know, it could be a weird British you know, turn of phrase. So it's really cool that it's, what is it? The Book of Acceptance and Quill of Admittance? Oh, gosh. Let me <laughs> scroll back up to it. It's the Quill of Acceptance and the Book of Admittance. Um, but again, like that's this is kind of the world-building stuff that it's fun to see and get over on a website like Pottermore. All originally done by, you know, the woman J.K. Rowling herself. Uh, and it also does note in here, too, the book has a 100% track record on keeping squibs out of Hogwarts. <laughs> So it's it's that good. We're like, if parents try to argue, it's like, nope, nope, sorry, nope. 
so not all it's it's any kind of magical inkling because I always thought that Hogwarts was like the most prestigious that there were some other schools and maybe we'll get we'll learn more about that of like the kids that like maybe Neville thought he belonged in but you know we all know they have a long bottom really good I mean well we do know there are other schools because of Goblet of Fire and then even now with the story that's being told with the Fantastic Beast movies that there's, you know, American schools too. It does seem like you have like your main wizarding school though. There might be some smaller, maybe private schools. I don't know. Cause you know, all of, all of the UK seems like a lot for, for one school because at Hogwarts, you're seeing kids, you know, who are English, but then you also have like Irish and Scottish kids as well. But then it seems like all of Germstrang's like your Eastern European, and then um, Bobatons is predominantly French. It looks like. Yeah, and I'm, and we already saw uh, Smeltings versus Stonewall. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh, maybe they'll talk about like you know a lesser school, but. You know, we, we get the other schools, like you mentioned, later on. Um, Hagrid's very up on kind of what happened with Voldemort and kind of in the nose, like, well, you know, he disappeared. A lot of people think he's still around, gathering power. At this point in, you know, wizarding history, you know, early 90s, Hagrid's probably like a tinfoil hat wearing, like, conspiracy theorist because so many the wizarding worlds like no like Voldemort's gone he's gone like why are you worrying about it and I wonder if that's because of Hagrid's you know proximity to someone like Dumbledore who's kind of far thinking and ever preparing that maybe you know maybe Hagrid's you know a little bit more open and aware of what's going on than everyone gives him credit for well he's also smarter in the book than in the movies, because "Happy Birthday" spelled correctly. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh, did we mention that uh, he's also the first person to know uh, to say that he looks just like his father? No, you didn't mention that. Yeah, except for his eyes. Yeah, we we said it prior, to, you know, before the actual show. He doesn't do that in the movies, and it takes how long? You know, is it the second or third movie by the time people start mentioning it? Because is it a loop in? I know Lupin mentions it, but I feel like it's, I feel like it might be mentioned somewhere else. I mean, I could easily go and start rewatching them all as soon as he finishes because I have nothing else happening tonight. But I, I believe it might have been mentioned in one of them earlier. We also get uh, Hagrid being very defensive of Dumbledore. And we learn a lot of that's just because Dumbledore took a risk on Hagrid. Like, Hagrid was expelled. He's not supposed to do magic. But still, Dumbledore saw like the worth and the promise in him, and keeps him around. And Dumbledore trusts Hagrid a lot. I mean, even here we are, only four chapters in, and we kind of see that going both ways. Where Dumbledore trusts Hagrid because he had him bring Harry to Number Four Privet Drive that night that his parents were killed. But then we also have Hagrid defending Dumbledore when. Uh, Vernon accuses him of uh, being some crackpot that wants to teach him magic tricks. Yeah, it's a it's a rousing defense, and I think that instills Harry with that kind of like, "Hey, Hagrid's pretty cool. 
if he really is standing up for Elba's Dumbledore, this Dumbledore guy has to be even better. You know, lays the groundwork for the level of trust that Harry's going to have uh, for Dumbledore going forward. Maybe someone you shouldn't trust blindly, though. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you know, when you're 11 years old, a fresh 11, like minutes fresh 11, and you're hearing somebody that's going to that just took you away from the most miserable experience that you've had in your life, you know, uh, talking about somebody, you might be like, hey, that guy sounds pretty cool, too. 